particular way that broke their little rules, didn't break the Sabbath actually. But in any case, they threw the guy out. And then Jesus found the guy and he said, uh, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the guy says, well, just tell me who he is and I will. And Jesus says, it's me. And he says, I believe, and he worshiped him. Uh, so the man who was born blind now saw very clearly the correct identity of Christ, something that had passed by all those who judged him and Christ. Now, apparently, when Jesus was speaking to the blind man, this was in a public place because some Pharisees overhear this conversation and they say, so are we also blind? And Jesus gives them this answer that's really hard to understand. If you were blind, you'd have no guilt. He's saying, look, if you really didn't know any better, that'd be one thing. But you're willfully rejecting the Messiah of Israel. That's another thing. So he's saying, sort of, if you were blind, you wouldn't have a problem, but you are blind. Not the way you think you are. Your guilt, the last sentence in chapter 9 reads, remains. It remains. That means it was there already, and it's still there. And then he goes on. Now, normally... This division we take as a kind of hard division because there's a kind of a change of subject. He goes from talking about blindness and light and darkness and seeing to sheepfolds and sheep and doors and robbers and thieves and shepherds. It's kind of a quick turn. But Jesus is addressing the question, are we also blind? And it's important, if we're going to understand what he says in chapter 10, to understand that it relates to that issue. Because the first thing he's going to talk about is, how do we know a real shepherd from a fake shepherd? And what he's saying is, not only are you blind and you're in your guilt, but you're also fake shepherds. Anyway, here's what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So he's saying, they're saying, are we blind? And he's saying, uh, you're thieves and robbers. Okay. Just want to get the context. So, to, uh, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, and they did not understand what he was saying to them. 
So they're missing his point. Perhaps we're right now in the same boat. Like, what is, what is he talking about? So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you. Now, when you read Jesus saying truly, truly in the book of John, that's an important marker. Truly, truly, amen, amen. Here's something you can and should count on as true. That's what that means. And he says it at the beginning of the chapter. Truly, truly, I say to you, if someone doesn't come in by the door, climbs over another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. That's kind of unexpected given what we've just been reading about the shepherd coming through the door and taking his sheep. And Now he's talking about the door. Interesting. He's going to say later on in the text, in the part of the text we're going to look at next week perhaps, that uh, he's the shepherd, the good shepherd, the one the sheep hear his voice and follow him because they know him and he knows them. But here, he's starting with, I'm the door. Okay, we're going to have to figure this out. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. Okay, so they're people who climb over the, and don't go through the door, and he's the door. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So, what is going on? This is the Good Shepherd chapter in the book of John. And of course, most of us, most of the time, we focus on the fact that in this text, Jesus makes the claim that he's the Good Shepherd. But he makes another claim first. And that is that he's the door. So that's what we want to try to figure out today. Now he starts by just painting the picture. And this is an old metaphor. The Old Testament uses the metaphor of the people of God as a flock of sheep belonging to God. And God as either the owner or the shepherd or both. So I want to go back to one pretty good case of this. It's in that book in the Old Testament that none of us ever read. The book of Ezekiel. You know where it is? I'm going to try to find it here while I'm talking. I think it's after Jeremiah. Is it after Jeremiah? Ezekiel? You're laughing like I wasn't really asking, but okay. Thank you for that. Ezekiel chapter chapter 34. Now, you, you may know that Ezekiel is a messianic prophecy, right? This is the prophecy where God uh, makes a big deal out of the fact that of the new covenant, the, the replacement of the heart of stone with the heart of flesh. The dry bones coming back to life. That's all in Ezekiel. And uh, in Ezekiel chapter 34, we read this prophecy. 
I'm going to read 16 verses. This is kind of long, so hang on, okay? The word of the Lord came to me, saying, quote, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, O shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, shouldn't shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you don't feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, with, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy I will feed them in justice. So Jesus is telling an old story. And it's very interesting that in the face of this challenge from the leaders of Israel, those who would identify themselves as the shepherds of Israel, that when they say, are, we, are you calling us blind? And like they said to the blind man who Jesus healed, would you teach us? 
sinner. And Jesus says to them, you know, if someone climbs over the wall of the sheepfold, instead of coming through the door, he's a robber and a thief. He's not a shepherd. Shepherds come through the door. Shepherds are recognized by the sheep, their own sheep, and they lead them. They don't climb over the wall. So that's the setup. Let's remember the ancient story and let's remember the old prophecy of Ezekiel that the Messiah comes to alleviate his sheep from those who claim to be their shepherds and yet are only those who steal and kill and destroy. So they didn't understand. <laughs> Jesus just lays out this little metaphor, this age-old metaphor. The Old Testament is full of this. God's the shepherd of his people. The prototype Messiah is the King David, the shepherd king. And then we read this, and honestly, it's kind of surprising, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand. And here, I think, is the answer, John's answer to the question, are we also blind? Because Jesus just said to them, when the shepherd comes through the door, his sheep hear his voice and they know it and they follow and they go, what? Oh, we don't understand. Oh. Oh. Now he's going to say a lot more about that later on in this chapter, so I don't want to get too far into it, but they're blind. Here is the shepherd of Israel, the Lord himself arrived in person, in the sheepfold, and they say, what? No, we're the shepherds. Even though we're climbing over the wall, we're not coming through the gate. And Jesus says, in response to that, he says, I am the door. Now this is a bit of a jog as well. And we kind of need to focus attention on the function of the door now instead of all the rest of everything. Because Jesus is not just going to be the door, of course. He's also the shepherd. He was the shepherd he was talking about a minute ago and now he's saying I'm the door so okay we've got to try to keep up with them I'm the door of the sheep those who came before me thieves and robbers but the sheep didn't listen to them I'm the door if anyone enters by me 
he will be saved. So, sheep who use the gate <laughs> are saved. Apparently, there's only one way for sheep to be safe, and that is to come through the door. a little bit confusing, isn't it? He will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus is saying to us, he is the way of entry into salvation. He is the way of entry into salvation, into the safety of God's fold into the protection of God. You have to come through Christ, through Jesus. And he's saying another thing. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out. <laughs> and here's the really important part. Find pasture. That's like the psalm, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It's like so many psalms. Because so many psalms were written by a shepherd who saw this shepherding relationship that God has with his people. So uh, we could read about this in Psalm, psalm 118. We could read it about it in Psalm 100. In fact, why don't we do that? Some of you, have, as children probably memorized the 100th psalm. Am I right? I think I did, but I can't quote it to you now, so I'm looking it up. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates. Christ himself is the door into the palace of God, into the sheepfold of God. And He's also, so he's the way of entry into salvation, and he's also the way to liberty in God's provision. Going in and out, finding pasture. I think I'm free if I can go any old place I want, any time I want, and do whatever I want, whenever I want. That's what I call freedom. That is the dumbest idea of freedom ever invented, but, you know, it's what Adam and Eve did, and it's what the rest of us have been doing ever since. 
Thank you, I'll be my own God. Thanks for playing, Lord, but we've got this. We'll just do whatever we want, we'll be God. We know good and evil now, ha. And we fail to realize that in our ambition to be like God, we've actually broken our likeness to God. And so we have this idea of freedom, self-sufficiency. It's so stupid. Self-sufficiency. I know many of us are striving for self-sufficiency. We can't help it, but it is a dumb idea. It is the ultimate foolishness. Because the, what God intended in humanity is dependent glorification of God. And that is actual liberty. You see, when I rely on the provision of God in Christ and by the Spirit, when I trust in what God provides to me, and I really believe in it, then I can do what needs to be done, what's right to be done. I have the freedom, the power, the authority to do what's good. And not to be enslaved to my own idea of liberty. Which is foolish nonsense. And so now I'm, I actually have power to do right. And if I weren't such a fool, I would want to do right. Because right is good. Why do I like wrong? Because I'm an idiot. Because I'm broken by sin. And greatly foolish. And the freedom that Christ gives me is the freedom to follow him to rich pasture. He says here, I've come that they might have life. So apparently, if he doesn't come, they're dead. And have it abundantly. So he's my way of entry into salvation, and he's my way to liberty in God's provision. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We are the sheep of his pasture. The thief, he says, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Those who would point you to some way other than Jesus, those who would encourage you to climb over the wall as opposed to using the door, They are thieves and robbers 
and they have come to steal, kill, and destroy. If someone leads us to look to God by some means other than the Lord Jesus Christ, they are killing us because he's the only way. Now, fortunately, the sheep, he says, his sheep, don't listen to those people. His sheep listen to him. And this made me think when I thought of this, the example of this in this text is the blind man. Now, seeing. Because he encounters his shepherd and he believes in him and he follows him. He recognizes the voice of Messiah in Christ. And he doesn't follow the fakes. Even when they threaten him. Even when they make it very costly to him. He hears the voice of Christ and follows Christ. He goes through the door and finds salvation and finds liberty in God's provision. <clears throat> There's a couple of things here, I think, for us. One, uh, keep your eye out for people coming over the wall. Don't follow those people. They have a knife in their back pocket. Wait for the shepherd. And he's coming through the door. Oh, and he is the door. <laughs> and the question for us is, do we recognize the voice of Jesus as the voice of Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, the, the one who will lead us into life? And the one who will lead us into liberty in God's provision. The liberty to do what we should want to do, not what we have always wanted to do. The, the power of the Spirit of God himself in us who leads us to follow the leadership of Jesus. In this story, you're going to find your place somewhere, I guess. Are you the blind man or the Pharisee? Are you the one who hears the voice of the shepherd and follows or the one who doesn't and doesn't? The one who releases his claim to self-sufficiency or the one who clings to it? The one who relies on obedience to some religious formula or the one who relies on Christ?
and the atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Here we are in the sheepfold. When the shepherd comes, who's going to follow him? into the pasture who's going to hear his voice and know who he is and who's going to be too busy being good and yeah in many I guess all I have to say to you at this point is that, that that's up to you it's up to you. When Jesus speaks, when Jesus makes his claim, he's not looking for you to provide anything. He's looking to be the shepherd in your life. To provide for you. To feed you. You know the shepherds of Israel that Ezekiel condemned in advance, they weren't providing for the sheep. They were insisting that the sheep provide. Jesus operates by grace, not by demand. You can't possibly live up to the law of God. If you try to, it will only just condemn you. But if you look to Christ, he has covered your penalty. And you will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Father, we give you thanks. <laughs> Lord, we, we don't even know how good you are to us. But thank you. Thank you for this word, this clarity. Lord, help us to give up our self-reliant ways. It's hard. We want to manage ourselves. Father, teach us how to rely on you, on Christ. Teach us to trust you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.